So with our Wednesday nights, we, um, we really desire to be led by the Holy Spirit. We don't try to form or, or uh, have a message. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> but we just kind of, what's been going on throughout the week, what's been on our heart, what's on our heart, to share, um, and then we just kind of talk about it, pray into it, and go for it. Um, so I just, I say, I address that and say that to say if you're new, or I see a few newer faces, um, this isn't normal in like modern church culture right now, just to have uh, three or four people sharing their leadings in God, and then us getting together and praying together and, and, and encouraging one another and, and discussing these things. Um, but I think it's precious. I really do. And so if it's different for you, just allow, just open your heart to it and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to speak to you tonight. And I, I really think he will. Um, we were going to go a different direction, but just as we were talking in the back, um, I really felt like we should uh, kind of shift focus and, and go this direction. Mike's going to start in Philippians chapter 3, and then we're just going to add some thoughts as the Holy Spirit leads. Um, so have your Bibles open if you want to have a notepad, or you can get your phone to take out notes. I, w- I love taking notes because it helps me to stay engaged, but it also... Um, the Holy Spirit will, one phrase will come out and it'll touch my heart. And I want to be a student of what the Lord is speaking to me. So whatever touches my heart, that's what I write down. Whatever touches my heart. And I might disengage just for a minute with like the whole flow of teaching because something is really ministering to me. And then I'll jump right back in and the next thing will minister to me. But um, I, I just, I was discipled in the word of God by saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And also doing this, taking each message as if it was being preached directly to me. I feel like the Holy Spirit challenged me in my early days. Marcus, when, you, when the word of God is being spoken, um, come with the mindset that this message was crafted for you and that you're going to listen to it as if God had put it together just for you. And I just had that mindset, like, I want to hear what God is saying to me. And I tell you what, he gives to the hungry. He gives revelation. Something will fly, like, just a phrase will come from the microphone. And, and it'll confirm something that the Lord has already been speaking to me or something that I was, I've been reading. Or it's just a new thought. It's out of nowhere. And I'm like, wow, I've never th- thought of it like that before. So we humble ourselves uh, under the word of God, but I also humble myself under other teachers and leaders and brothers in Christ, knowing I need to be spoken into. I need, I don't have it all figured out. I see in part, and I don't know it all. Amen? So, just want to encourage you, take notes. (laughs) Mike, why don't you start off? And uh, Mike was sharing some things yesterday and today, and he wrote some things in the email that had went out that's going to tie into this, and you'll probably expound on it even more. And then we'll, uh, and Tracy and I will follow up. Anna, if you have anything, we're shifting 
direction. Love you. You got it, girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, take it away. Yeah, we, we tend to shift directions just kind of, it's like, oh, the wind's not blowing that way anymore. The wind's blowing this way, so let's go this way, which is really fun, but you got to stay on track. I want to just say this real quick as Marcus was just talking here. Like, these, these little nuggets that Marcus has, like, they are so good. And, and just since he's come here, he, Marcus came in 2017. I can just say, I have learned so much just from him and some of the, the nuggets that he has. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. Like, there's some things where he's, like, in prayer, where uh, just some ways that he prays that, that I've just kind of took, taken hold of. And have just been really, like, taking my prayer life to just a different place. And so as, as, as people like th that are just in the word and godly people like this, as they say these things, take these to heart. Like this is so good. I have learned a lot from this guy. <laughs> and just honored. Uh, so blessed <laughs> to have him. Uh, just that he's part of the team here. And it's so cool. And we all, this is what we do. We strengthen each other. We encourage each other. But we have, we're parts of the body. And so we we don't all have it figured out. Just because I'm the lead pastor <laughs> does not mean I have it, um, like, have it more figured out than these guys. I'm, I'm, we're just all in this together. Somehow I just got stuck in this spot, which you never want to be stuck in this spot unless the Lord puts you in it. <laughs> Trust me. Ask my dad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I want to say, too, it was funny. I was thinking about this as you were speaking. Back in, in 2014, I came back here in 2014, and uh, I remember uh, Chris Vallotton was here, and, uh, and he was speaking, uh, and I was just spending some time with him, and I, you know, I'd come from the business world, and, and I, I, this was, I grew up in the church, but like actually getting up and speaking. In 2014, I had uh, never spoken a message in my life and uh <laughs> and spoke my first one in in august of 2014 and had it all written out word for word and, <laughs> and sat there and just basically did the best i could to to read it and speak it and uh, i remember asking chris i was like chris how do you how do you prepare for messages like for the message that you're going to preach and and he said he goes you know we just kind of whatever the lord has on our heart it's just what we share. It's just like Bill Johnson and him, like they just, and Eric Johnson was kind of just getting going at that time, so he wasn't really speaking yet, but, um, but uh, yeah, he was just like, the Lord just puts these things on our heart, we meditate on it, and then we just speak into it. And I went, wow, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> Not a clue. And yet now I look back and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what we do. We just... The Lord puts something on our heart. We meditate on it. And, and the thing is, is when, when he puts something on your heart, it just begins to flow out because it comes from him. And it's not our puny little brains trying to put something really cool together that you guys will, like, pick up on and think that's a great TED Talk. Like, you know, this is not what it's about. It's about the Spirit. And as we are led by the Spirit, the hope is that you don't go, wow, what a great message. I need more of these messages. What you go is, oh, man. I need to be led by the Spirit. I need to hear Jesus. I need to hear this. And, and that, that you actually 
like, there are times, I believe, of, like, kind of apostolic, like, speaking and leading. This is what the Lord's doing, but, but that we're all hearing Him and hearing His voice and picking up on this. And, and it's not that you're just getting fed on a Sunday morning, but this, it's the overflow. And actually, when you come in on Sunday, when you come in on Wednesday, that you come in so filled up that you're flowing into others and filling up others. And maybe those that are really struggling, that, that you're the ones that are speaking into their lives. And it doesn't have to be the pastor who's up on stage who you think knows it all and doesn't know it all. <laughs> Behind the scenes, a little secret, pastors don't know it all. <laughs> Amen. Mike, let me just, let me just add one, one thought to that or one verse to that. There's a, there's a, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is addressing like orderly worship, and this is beautiful, and I think some, some pastors will use this passage to like downgrade like the activity of the Holy Spirit in a church, but that's actually not what is happening at all. Paul's like, I love the activity of the Holy Spirit. Just do it in a way that edifies one another. First Corinthians is all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's what it is. But he says this, and this is, I feel like, a verse that what Mike was just saying about coming with an overflow for others. He says in verse 26, he says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each has a hymn, each has a teaching, each has a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, and then this is his, own, his only caveat. Let all things be done for building up. Or let all things be done for the building up of the body of Christ. You're not coming with revelation to share because you want people to go, wow, what great revelation. You're coming going, how can I edify someone else? How can I build them up? And that's what we really want to stir. And, and we're going to, I feel like the Holy Spirit has us on this journey that we're not just churchgoers that come and uh, just, I just need a little worship, I need to get fed. Church no, doers. we're church doers, that's right. We're coming with, man, God has put this song on my heart. Have you heard this song? Or man, I was in the Word the other day, and, and this piece of, this passage, this revelation was just pulled out of it. Let me share this with you. I think this is for you today. And we're, we're looking to edify and we're looking to build up um, I just felt that when you were saying that, I was like, that's a very scriptural yeah. thing that was happening in the early church. Yeah. So right there, we haven't really started yet in what we we're going to do here just yeah. now. But um, so Rome, as you say that, Romans 12, uh, 3, just this is, it says, for by the grace given me, this is Paul talking to, the, uh, to those that are believers. And he says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Like, don't think you're all that. <laughs> but rather, think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given each one of you. And in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it, talks, it's, it says with the measure of grace. So it's that measure of faith, that measure of grace, it's, but it's what's been given to you. So it's not that... Like, we, we don't think of ourselves as any more highly than anyone else. We're all, we're all in this together, but God has given us each that faith, that grace, those things, not for our own edification, not for us, but for the edification of the body, to, to lift up, to strengthen the body, and then ultimately to see the kingdom expand as well, to see the kingdom come.
So, uh, yeah, anyway. Good? Amen? Okay, message. There we go. Can I just share one other quick thing? Just um, back to, now back to the Psalms that we were just singing. I just, I saw this, and I just, it's just kind of this revelational moment, and I just wanted to share it with you because I think it's really cool. Psalm 103 is, uh, is one of my favorite verses. It's like in the top 150 for sure because they're all amazing. <laughs> but uh, it is, it's so good. It's one of those scriptures that, that uh, where, where David is, is telling his soul, bless the Lord, praise the Lord. Like, like, come on, soul, praise the Lord. Come on, soul, praise the Lord. Bless his holy name. And, and it starts with that, but then the very end, I, I've never seen this before, and I just saw, so the bless and praise, sometimes your translation might say praise, sometimes it says bless, but this last part of Psalm 103, it's just beautiful, it's just we were doing this, and so I just want to share like this like aha, aha moment. It's this praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. So he's, he's talking about the angels, and he's saying, Bless the Lord, you angels. And so what I believe David was seeing here is in the heavenlies. He's seeing this happen in the heavenlies, similar to what John saw in Revelation. And so catch this. He sees this, and then he says, Praise the Lord, all you heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. And then he says, Praise the Lord, or bless the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. And and then it says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. But tie that in with this Revelation 5 where it talks about the new song, singing the new song. And here they are, it starts with the, the seraphs and the elders, and they begin to sing, and they sing the first part of, you're worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God and from every tribe and nation and people, and, or tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be kings and priests to serve our God, and they will reign the earth. And then, and then it's now, just as David saw it, John sees it, and he goes, and then I saw the angels. So now he sees the angels, and he says, and there are thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousand, and they begin to sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive glory, or to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then it's... In, and then the similar, I just lost my page there, but um, where it says that everything in his dominion, then it says, then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing, praising, blessing the Lord, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So anyway, it was, I just saw, I feel like, David had this glimpse of the kingdom, of the throne room, and seeing the very thing that John saw in these kind of phases of it's the elders worshiping, and the, then, the, then it's the, the, uh, the angels singing out, and then it's all creation declaring Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, that is not the message, but it's so cool. God's he's just so good, and he's so worthy of our praise. It is... <laughs> It is the message. <laughs> Should be the message. Um, so, diving in here, I'll just I'll, I'll just hit this first part, and then I'll let these guys hit it. Um, I just I woke up Tuesday morning, and uh, 
just had these words in my heart that were, were so strong. Uh, and it's, it was just, it was one thing I do. One thing I do. And I uh, began to just pray into it. And we, and we kind of prayed through it on Tuesday as a staff. And, and I felt like it, I just, well, let me just read it and then, um, and then go from there. So how do I do this quickly? Because um, I need to back up, I think, to verse 8. So I'll just read it. Here we go. So follow along. Just kind of close your, actually just close your eyes and just listen to these words, uh, the words of Paul here. He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That, that part about, and to know Christ Jesus, my Lord, that's the all-surpassing greatness of knowing him, that we would know him and be found in him. It says, not having righteousness, a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Catch this word, know. It's this, this understanding, this knowing him, this intimate knowledge of who he is. Uh, a lot of times we say, like, we focus on the knowledge about him, but the, the, the whole purpose of even of the Bible is not that we know about him. It's not that we memorize scripture and we go, well, I, I got all the scriptures memorized. I know where they are. We are talking about on Tuesday. I, we go downtown and we minister to people and, um, and these, there's a lot of people that are displaced from their homes. They're living on the streets, and they're, they're doing drugs and, and just going down the wrong road. And yet, I t I'm telling you, some of these people know the Scriptures better than I do. They can sit there and quote Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. And, and I'm like, you know this. You know Jesus. And then I realize, well, they don't know Jesus at all. They just know a bunch of scriptures. <laughs> and, and I think sometimes we think that, and I know this is not where I was going, but I'm just going to stick here for a second. Sometimes we think that if we know the scriptures, that we actually know Jesus. And, and I would be very cautious with that. I'm going to say a strong statement here. Satan knew the scriptures and spoke the scriptures word for word to actually take Jesus off track. So it is not just the scriptures alone, but it's, it's knowing Jesus. And how do we know Jesus is through the Holy Spirit that he's given us. And so the Bible and the scripture is amazing. Jesus comes back and, and fights back with scripture as well. So he takes scripture and uses it as that sword to fight. But the point is, is that Satan can just as easily use Scripture by itself to actually lead you in the wrong direction. Make sure that this is not the knowledge that we have, but it's the knowledge of Jesus. It's Him that we go after. And this, this is like, this is what gives us, it's like the uh, kind of the driver's manual for the car <laughs> that we get to drive. Don't get so caught up in the manual that you actually forget to drive the car. <laughs> it's a beautiful car, and you get to drive it. Don't just memorize the manual. Got it? 
The manual is really important because it, it helps you to drive the car. <laughs> uh, so where was I? That I may know him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And that, those sufferings, guys, are so important that uh, we always skip right over that part because nobody wants to share in the sufferings. Uh, but it is part of the glory and the beauty of it's that count it all joy when we face the trials. And because this is what actually conforms us and brings us into that, that nature and character of who Christ is. It's the perseverance that builds the character that establishes the hope. And it's the hope that does not disappoint. So if we don't actually go through trials, if we don't actually go through struggles, I was saying to this, this to somebody today, I'm like, if you're comfortable, you're in the wrong place. Don't ever get comfortable. Don't ever be comfortable. Comfort is, is not of the Lord. Now, there is the, the Holy Spirit is the comforter, but if you're in a comfortable position thinking, oh, I can do this, then you're in the wrong place because you're never meant to do this alone. You're meant to be in a place where we're required. It says the, the righteous live by faith, which means Faith is, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You've heard that? So when you're in a place of risk, are you, are you comfortable? No. You're going, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I mean, this is, I, I look at John Lewis over here, and, and John is like, this is a guy that is not ever comfortable. John, raise your hand. Like, John, John works with the Burmese refugees, and he, he goes to Burma, and he's, and, and he's, uh, he's, you know, with all the stuff going on in Burma, and I just, I go, this is a guy that is not comfortable, and uh, he's always pressing in, and he's seeing people's lives changed, and, and this is, this is the place I feel like that we just, we need to be at all times, that we're, we're not focused on ourselves, we're focused on the kingdom, we're focused on other things, and it is not comfortable, it's never meant to be comfortable, there are moments where you can catch your breath, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you but not so you can stay in that place, right? So the next part of this, I'm just going to hit. So it says in verse 12, it, it says, not that I have already attained all of this. So Paul's very clear, like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm still in this battle with you. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus has, has took, or took hold of me. And then he says this, brothers, I do not consider myself yet, he says it again, basically, to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, here it is, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And, and the part I just want to say there is I believe as the body of Christ one of the things that we get stuck on, and, and I'm right there with you. I, I feel like we get so caught up in our past, in the things that maybe have affected us, or we go, man, this is, this is what I, if you, if you only knew what I went through, then you would understand where I am today. And, and I believe, I mean, you look at Paul's life. Here's a guy that <laughs> murdered Christians, I, I mean, like, and lived a life completely the opposite of what God would desire. And the Lord radically changed his life. 
if he would have focused on all his past and all the things of the past, he never would have done the things that the Lord had called him to do. And, and I believe, like, especially in this time, and I feel like it is a season, and it's, it's like those Kairos times, those opportune times that we have right now where the Lord is moving, and he's telling us, he's saying, guys, it's time to move out. We've been in seasons where we've been kind of waiting on the Lord, where we've been holding and we've been standing firm, and we're like, I'm just going to stay here in the presence of the Lord, and when, when, when the Lord moves, then I'll move, and the Lord's like, gone, and we're still sitting there. He's <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> catch up, let's go, and I feel like we're now in the season where it is, it is time to move out. Uh, it's, it's the Exodus 13, is it 13, the end of 13, first part of 14, just that, um, is it 14? Okay, so it's right in the beginning of 14, where it just, it says, it's, it's the Israelites, I talked about it in the email, I was like, they're, they're between the, they got the Red Sea, and they got the, the Egyptians, they're right in there, and, and they're, they're complaining, and they're going, I want to go back into slavery. That's what they're saying, like, I wish you would have never taken us out of slavery, because now we're going to die out here in the wilderness, um, could you just take us back, like, let's just... Uh, we should have never left that place. We should have stayed where we were and just served the Egyptians. <laughs> and I believe that this is what happens with us, is we hit these hard places, and it's what we do, is we go, ah, I'm just going to go back. I'm just going to pull back on the old stuff that the Lord has, has <laughs> resurrected me from, has brought me out of, and I'm going to step back into that grave and just get right back in there and huddle down, because that's safer than actually being out here where it's actually a little little uncomfortable. Does that, does that make sense? And I think that's for all of us. That's for me, that we all, we, get, we can get stuck in these comfortable places. And the Lord, he's going, look, it's time to lay it down. It's time to forget. Let me just read this in the Passion, and then I'm going to, I'll end. Because I love what it's, how it says in the Passion. It says this. It says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. This is the one thing that I do. I forget all that the, of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and attaining the, victory, the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit. So I'll stop there and let you guys. Here's the baton. Why don't you give the mic to Anna if she has anything to add. Um, Teresa, why don't you go next? Okay. Maybe... I don't know. You shared the word a, a few weeks ago. You don't have to go here, but you... Uh, that, it's crazy. That's is that exactly, where, where, that's exactly okay. where I was going to go. Well, that's yeah. good. I don't know if, uh, how many of you here were, were here two weeks ago, but I had a vision. Um, yeah, and actually Sharon had something similar taking place with Seed, but um, I had a, a, a very, very, during worship, I had a very clear vision, and it was, um, it was, it was God's children. It was the church and they were on plows, and they were taking their hands off of the plows, and they were turning around to look back at the fields that were behind them. 
And then I had a flip vision. It flipped, and I had a vision of the church with their hands on the plow, and they were looking straight, straight ahead. And I think that's, um, as Mike sent that out, and Mike didn't even remember he was sharing that two weeks ago. I said, remember the vision? He goes, I don't remember that. And I, and I look, but I love how the Holy Spirit works because that, that was actually released into, because I actually prophesied that as well. I started to prophesy into that. And that's when the Spirit, you know, sinks deep and it, and it comes in. Um, I wasn't going to go here, but I, I, maybe I will. I think we're so, um, we're willing to say yes to the promise, but we fall out in the process. Um, yeah, we get in moments like this, we get in moments of corporate gathering, whatever it may be, maybe it's your favorite worship song, whatever, and we get, we're, we're right there with the Lord, we're in his presence, we're like, yes, 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 and then Monday hits, <laughs> right, and, and I'm just speaking just, you know, truth, it's, uh, and I think it's like Elisha, um, it's like, what's the price, like, if we weigh the cost of what it really looks like to be sold out completely. And um, maybe I'll go back to the story of Elisha, and I wasn't going to go here, but um, but when Elisha was called, we're all called, by the way. I think we've went through this before, but if you said yes, you're called, right? Yeah, well, we're all called. Once you say yes, you're chosen. <laughs> now you're marked. God doesn't forget your yes. He'll come back and remind you of your yeses. But when Elijah comes and he says, the Lord has called you, where was he at? He was actually in the field with his hand on the plow, right? And I may have prophesied, that I, was, I had a word for you, Carrie, about, right? Okay. Man, I'm like having flashbacks about words I was releasing because this has been in my heart. Wow. Elijah had his hand on the plow. Jessica, too, right? Wow. Now I'm, I'm having, I'm going down three rabbit holes. I'm sorry. This is happening. This is what happens to the prophetic. <laughs> you go down like 20 rabbit holes and the Lord's speaking to you in 50 different directions. But, but Elijah had his hand on the plow, right? And Elijah said, the Lord has called you. And at that moment, Elisha knew that he was called by the Lord because Elijah came for me and felt the anointing on the, on the voice of Elijah as well. But he knew that he had been called. Think about this. If Elijah would have taken his hand off the plow before Elijah came, and looked in his past, and looked in the field of his past, maybe it's where he just sowed. Some sow, others reap. Sometimes we even go back to good seed. We turn around and we start going back to look and to fetch and to reach. And, to, and I just love what Philippians 3, uh, 3 says. It says, onward. Don't look to the past. Look forward. And the word I prophesied was, don't look to the past, to the field of the past. Look to the field in front of you in the future. That, that's where the harvest is at. That's where the, and that harvest really represents the abundance. And we know that the storehouses of heaven are limitless, number one. But number two is, I didn't just come to, to just to sprinkle a, a little uh, favor on you. I came to give you abundance. And I feel like this is where we, we weigh the cost. Because in that moment, Elisha weighed the cost. He knew what, what Elijah and the Lord were calling him to. He could have easily said, yeah, let me think about it. I'll pray about it. <laughs> let me worship. Let me think about that. Come back in three days. No. <laughs> Slow obedience is disobedience. So what does he do? He disassembles his plow. He has a little bonfire. He kills his oxen and has the barbecue. <laughs> right? And, and then he feeds everybody. 
And then he goes with Elijah. Now, he did say he wanted to say bye to his parents, and Elijah kind of got mad at him. And I think he gave him a little grace in that moment. But here's my, here's my point, is that Elisha could have looked to the field of his past, but he didn't. He only looked to the field that was ahead. He didn't look to the things of the past. He pressed forward like Philippians 3 is talking about and where Mike went in, the, in his email today. I look to what's in the future, what lies ahead. And this is the point, is that it's, I always say this, it's like Cortez. Cortez burned all the ships because he knew he couldn't go back there. What, what about Abraham? Abraham, he didn't know where the, the, the heck he was going, but he just knew he couldn't stay where he was at. He just knew the Lord had called him. He didn't have a GPS. Like, we can't reroute in our car and go, okay, Siri, reroute me, you know, GPS. He had none of that. He just knew the Lord called him. He said, we have to go. We have to go. We have to go. We have to go. And I have no idea where we're going. I just know I can't stay here. That's what Elisha felt. And so much so, he, 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 it's almost like Cortez. What did he do? He took all the means that he had to come back to that place and be comfortable like Mike is talking about because he was comfortable. He had a, he had a, he had a, he had a, he had a plow. He had oxen. He was making a good living. He had all the things he needed. He was comfortable in that place until God called him right there. And then what did he do? He took away all the means or all of the resources that would have allowed him when he left to go with Elijah because he knew he was called to come back to that place. He knew he couldn't come back. And he probably didn't even trust himself. In my own mind, I'm like, I don't think he trusted himself. I know I do that. Like, there's times when I'm like, I just need to cut it off. I need to close off the door. I need to shut the door. I need to do something. Because sometimes we just don't trust ourselves. Sometimes God trusts in us more than we trust in us. And it's in that moment, I think, that Elisha said, I'm just going to burn all the ships. I'm going to burn, disassemble the plow, start it on fire, burn it up cook all of my oxen, and bless the people, and feed them. So I know, because I, I know that even if I'm tempted in the flesh, my flesh is, is weak, but the spirit is what? Strong. Sometimes we have moments, and I believe Elisha was thinking ahead going, or maybe it was God prompting him to say, my flesh is weak, but my, my, my spirit is strong. And I know that I can't come back here. If I'm ever tempted, I know that I can't come back because I just burned all my ships. I know that we're running out of you and Anna to share as well, but I just, um, I just want to release that. Yeah, stay in His presence. The only place, the only, the only time, the way you can get to that point, to where you're burning the ships, is like total trust. You just, yeah, total radical That's trust. Good. Sometimes it's really, really tough. But. That's good. Anna, do you have anything you want to add to this before we transition? Okay. Um, I'm just going to end with that place of staying in His, His presence. Um, I didn't know if I was going to go here, but but we'll just end with this. I'll be real quick, and then. But when Tracy and Mike were saying, um, "Look, looking ahead, we're 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 moving ahead. We're not looking behind." We've all heard this verse if you've been a Christian for a while. Um, it's a very famous one, Hebrews chapter twelve. But this has just been on my heart. Um, just found myself, like, as I pray, I've just found myself praying this. I haven't even, like, turned to it or looked at it. But in the last two days, I've just prayed this verse a lot as I've been praying. And it says, Therefore, 
verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which cleans so closely. So there's an active laying aside. There's an active putting off. It's Colossians 3 that Mike spoke on on Easter. Like we have to put off things, but we also have to put on things. And most of the time in Scripture, the putting off comes first. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's just like it's repent and then turn to the Lord and He will heal you. And so there's a putting off. So we put off weights, things that are just weighing us down. I don't think of, of weights so much as like sins in my life or, or transgressions. I think of like my schedule could be weighing me down. My entertainment habits could be weighing me down. My choices of health and recreation could be weighing me down. They're, they're pulling me away from the presence of God. They're pulling me away from my calling in God. And of course, sin does that. So we've got to put off weights. We've got to put off sin. And then, what does it say? It's let us run. Not let us stay in that place, but let's run. You know, it's what Mike said in Exodus 14. It's the, God's going to fight for you. And it says, you be still, and you're going to see the Lord fight for you. And then the very next sentence, it says, the Lord says to Moses, tell the people to go. So it's be still and go, be still and go. But that be still is, is remaining in the presence of the Lord. The going and the doing is the running the race he has set before us with endurance. I don't know what I said. <laughs> yeah. Being still, yeah, that's right, being still is remaining in the presence of the Lord. That's the, be still, O Israel, the Lord's going to fight for you. Remain in his presence. Now, get up and go. And that's what Paul says here. He says, or whoever wrote Hebrews, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, and let us look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So let us look to the one who established us in this faith, who cleaned us up, set us in the righteousness of God, gave us the grace of God to stand in, gave us the glory of God to hope for, pouring the love of God into our hearts. So the one who founded our faith, let's keep looking at him, knowing that he's going to finish our faith. But that's not in a vacuum, that's in a running, that's in a doing, that's in a going. And so... I think of those other one thing passages. I think of Mary. And Mary kind of brings the two together of what Tracy was speaking on as far as like selling it all and giving it all. And what Mike was speaking on as far as uh, one thing we do. It says of Mary in Luke chapter 10, verse 41. You know the story. Martha, they were serving a meal for Jesus. Mary was sitting at his feet which is really cool. A woman was taking the modern place of a disciple in that day. Disciples sat at people's feet. Paul sat at Gamaliel's feet, it says in Acts. He was a disciple of Gamaliel. Mary's taking a position of a disciple. I love that. In that culture, that was, that was so like radical that a woman would be considered a disciple. 
and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just like his other disciples are, which is just wonderful. And Martha's going, what's going on? Mary should be knowing her place and serving. And, the, and, and Jesus defends Mary's choice to sit at his feet and claim a position of discipleship before him. That's awesome. But what does Mary do in the sitting at the feet? She's breaking the alabaster flask. She's ministering to Jesus. And it's actually not in this passage. This is a different passage. But I'm kind of putting those two together in my mind. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus says, Martha, you're busy and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion. It will not be taken away from her. So I think of in the running, in the doing, in the going of discipleship, we sit at his feet. We gaze on his beauty. And the other thing, you know, that one thing I've desired that comes from Psalm 27.4, and this is David's. He's like, David did a lot for God. I mean, you read First Chronicles chapter whatever, 22, 23, the end of First Chronicles, how much he had stored up to build the Lord's house, how intentional he was with the gold and the silver and the cedar and the wood. It, he did a ton for God. He took territory for the Lord. But he did it from the place of one thing I've desired of the Lord, this one thing I will seek, that I could gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. David's power and his strength for the doing that he did came from who he was before God. He, he came back to that place. I think David established that tent, put the ark there. I think he went there many times. He wasn't a king that said, now you guys just do it. He was a king that said, give me the harp. I'm getting before the presence of God and I'm ministering to his glory. This was his main desire in all of the doing. And I think that's, that's for us. In the doing, there's a returning to the presence of God. And then we go out and we do, and we return, and we do, and we return. And it's this cycle that is just so beautiful in our lives. So we forget what lies behind. We press on for what lies ahead. We suffer a little bit for Jesus. We say no to sin. We say no to weights. And we run after the Lord. So, amen. By the Spirit. That's what Mike added, by the Spirit of God. So why don't, let's break up into groups and let's just, you guys just process a little bit with one another. Pray for one another. Share any testimony that you have with one another and let's go for it. Go ahead. I wrote this in the email, but I just, I felt like I need to share it. Just, so the last, Paul is talking about forgetting what lies behind. Press on. But the thing he says right before that is there's three things here. He says, we will worship the Spirit, or by, by the Spirit of God. So these, this is one. We will worship by the Spirit of God. We will glory in Christ Jesus, and we will put no confidence in the flesh. So as we do these things, it's not about what we can do. It's, not, it's, it's, the, it's that, the Zechariah 4. It's not by power. It's not by might but it's by the Spirit. So everything we do as we look forward, as we move forward, we don't do it in our own ability. And that's that waiting. That's that we entwine ourselves with the Lord, and then we move forward. 
by his power, by his might. That's that without any, or without, the, it's not the comfort that we walk in, but we're actually moving out by the Spirit going beyond what we can actually do in our own ability. It's not about our own ability. It's about the Spirit leading us and moving us to do the very things that we're called to do that go way beyond anything that we could do on our own. So I feel like as we pray, one of the things to just pray into is, Lord, how do I get so rooted and grounded in your strength that then I can move forward and do the things and forget what lies behind and press on towards the mark of the high calling to, to the prize, to the very thing that we're called to? Amen? Just put your hands out real quick. Lord, I just ask right now. Lord, I just say anoint us in the same way that Jesus took the scroll and he says, it's the spirit of the sovereign Lord that is upon me and the Lord has anointed me to do these things, to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Lord, I pray that, that this would be a time where we open-handedly say, Holy Spirit, come and anoint me. I've heard it said this way by, by a pastor that it's the Holy Spirit's in us for us. He's upon us for others. So Lord, may we be anointed in this season to do the very things that you're calling us to do. Strengthen us on the inside and empower us by the anointing to do the very things that we're called to do. Pressing on to the mark of the high calling. Moving forward and not looking back that we would not look back on the as we put our hands to the plow. But I thank you that you are going to strengthen us, every one of us in this season. Teach us your ways, that we would walk in your ways by your Spirit, led by your Spirit, strengthened by you, empowered by you to do your work and not to ever look back in Jesus' name.